Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. It is Ash Wednesday, 2022, uh, March 2nd, the first day of Lent. Uh, yeah, it's Ash Wednesday. So we are uh, beginning our uh, Lenten readings today. Um, and we'll be uh, in the book of Jonah, uh, Jonah, Hebrews, and the book of Luke. Yeah. And, um, so whatever you decided to, you know, give up for Lent, fast from the for Lent begins today. Um, for me, uh, bread, bread. So, no bread for forty days. I mean, Jesus said, "Man does not live by bread alone, <laughs> but by uh, steaks and." Um, uh, and soup. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. But um, so it's not really why I'm doing it, but there's a verse that goes with it. So yeah, some fasting from, from bread. So I don't know what you guys have decided to give up for Lent, but it starts today. Hope you had a good Mardi Gras yesterday, Fat Tuesday. Um and today, uh, tonight, at uh, as I mentioned earlier in the week, uh, tonight at Bayside, we're having a special uh, Ash Wednesday service at 6.30, which I'm looking forward to. It's going to be a few baptisms. We're going to have some worship. Uh, we'll have different stations that we can uh, kind of response stations, communion, um, ashes, um, et cetera, that you can, uh, if you so choose, can participate in. So that will be tonight at 6.30 from 6.30 to 7.30. Um, yeah, nice Ash Wednesday service. So, but if you're not local, I hope you're, uh, uh finding a, uh, a way to, uh, celebrate and commemorate Ash Wednesday today. Um, so Ash Wednesday, uh, has been around a very long time. Uh, you probably think of it if you're from a Protestant background, it may not have been a, a central part of your worship, uh, throughout the Christian year. Uh, if you're from a Catholic or Lutheran, even Methodist, uh, background, it, it certainly was. A big part of your tradition and um so this time of year you kind of go and you'll around town later on you'll see people with a smudge on their forehead and you're like what's up oh yeah right it's ash wednesday um and what that uh represents that the ashes uh, are generally taken from the previous year's palm sunday uh, so the previous year's palm branches from palm sunday are burned and those ashes are used for the next year's Ash Wednesday. Um, and the idea, the ashes, obviously, of, uh, remind, remember, first of all, of mortality, you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Um, you know, it's a reminder of our own mortality, our own humanness, uh, our own frailties um, that, um, you know, we, um, we need God. We're mortal. <laughs> 
And so uh, the ashes are a reminder of, uh, in sort of vis- visible uh, physical terms, that uh, you know we're we're human beings, we're flesh and blood. Um, but it's also a reminder of specifically the uh, uh, our uh, it draws attention to our own uh, weaknesses, our own uh, uh, brokenness, our own um, uh, just need for God, need for Jesus, and so the ashes, uh, having the ashes uh, imprinted, uh, just to say, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a reminder. It's a, it's a consecration. It's saying, I'm, you know, I'm going to, um, I accept my weaknesses and I choose to focus on drawing closer to God. I focus on uh, drawing closer to him, to working on, uh, work at, if you will, working out my salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, as, uh, as we're taught in the word of God, to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Um, the tradition goes that back in the day, the, uh, the ashes, uh, were reserved for the most, uh, vilest of sinners. Um, those that had commit the, committed the most uh, heinous, uh, offenses against God and, uh, humanity. And it was those, those, uh, sinners that, uh, would get the ashes. Then it evolved to a realization through really just theological reflection. Um, wait a minute. We are all in desperate need of the saving grace of God. <laughs> There's not one righteous, no, not one. Um, and we all fall short of the glory of God. And so it became, it transitioned into a, um, a right or a, a service that all Christian believers participated in uh all of the uh, the faithful believe you say you know what line line me up I, I need ashes just as much as anybody else um i need forgiveness i need grace i need the mercy of jesus um I, i'm no better than they are and so we all um the, the, the so to speak the uh the the ground is level at the cross right and so it's it's a uh, it's uh we all need to repent we all need to uh turn away uh, from the cares and concerns and uh, lures of this world and focus more on the glory and the goodness of Jesus. So, yeah, so it is a, it's a sign of, uh, of repentance. It's a sign of mourning. Um, obviously, it points us to the, uh, to the suffering and sacrifice of Jesus. Uh, the 40 days of Lent reflect and correspond with the 40 days uh, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. Uh, that preceded his ministry. So for 40 days, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. Um, and so the 40 days of Lent are sort of a corresponding, uh, has a corresponding relationship to uh, to those 40 days. So we have 40 days uh, in Lent, not counting Sundays, which make it would make it 46 days. Uh, because uh, Sundays are a rest day, so they aren't counted as you know, a, uh, a, a Lenten or, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's just a break. <laughs> it's a Sabbath in the, in the season of, of, uh, of mourning and, and, and cleansing. So, yeah. So I, I pray that this, uh, this Lent and as we, and as we journey together, I'm glad you're a part of it. Glad we can do this together. Uh, pray that it's a, uh, it's a, it's a growing learning 
cleansing, renewing experience for each and every one of us uh, as we tra as we travel through this journey. All right. So with that, happy Ash Wednesday. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. So we're going to read um, Jonah chapter three. We're using the minister's prayer book as a reading guide throughout the Christian calendar. And uh, the, the readings switch up uh, as Lent begins. And so it jumps us over to Jonah chapter three. And then we'll jump uh, to the New Testament in Hebrews chapter 12. Let's read it. Let's see what it says. Let's see what the Lord has to say to us today. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim it and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh, now this is after Jonah had run, right? He wasn't crazy about going to Nineveh. But finally, God, you know, chased him down, swallowed him by, you know, fish and puked him out on the beach. And through all of that, Jonah's like, okay, I'll go, fine. So Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Got a neat little uh, parallel to the 40 days of uh, Lent. The Ninevites believed God. Whoa. So Jonah goes up there, preaches the worst message he's ever preached in his life. You're gonna, you're, you're gonna all go to hell. You're all, the whole place is gonna be be destroyed, and they all repent. They all hear the message, and they repent. They believe God. A fast was proclaimed, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth, sackcloth and ashes. It was a sign of repentance and mourning. When Jonah warned, when Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. So even the leader of Nineveh is repenting. Man, we could pray for that for our our country and our and our uh, leaders that they would put on sackcloth and ashes, that they would repent and turn to God. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animals or herds or flocks taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. Wow. What a powerful declaration, right? So he calls for a fast of the entire community. It was perfect Ash Wednesday passage, right? So for 40 days, the whole, like, let's, you know, the whole uh, community is going to fast and uh, put on sackcloth and ashes. And sackcloth was just uncomfortable. It's like a burlap. It was a very uncomfortable uh, cloth. It was a sign of, you know, just mourning. It was an abandoning of comfort. And it was a sign of repentance. And so they put on sackcloth and ashes. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Man, may that be true of all of us. Let us, let us, each of us, right, on, us, on this Ash Wednesday, we, we acknowledge the evil in us. Right, the selfishness, the bitterness, the pride, the arrogance. Um, we recognize that. And uh, may we, uh, starting today, turn away from that. Turn more towards Christ and away from evil ways. 
And maybe for some, it's even violence. Maybe some of you, it's, it's anger. You know that, that, you're, that you're, it's anger that you've got to deal with. And maybe uh, this word is a direct word for you to turn away from the anger. And uh, maybe it's an anger at someone. Maybe it's a pent-up rage of, of unforgiveness. Hey, let's let that go, man. Let's lay that down. Let's not carry that. Let's, uh, let's purge that from our lives. Let's let the Holy Spirit cleanse us and remove that and replace that anger with peace and joy and hope in the Lord. And there's a great prayer in there, right? May, who knows? God may relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. That's what the, the, the leader of Nineveh was like. Maybe if we, you know, we've been such a wicked people, who knows? We can't count on anything. Because <laughs> we've been bad, but you know, let's uh, let's 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 do the right thing starting now. Who knows? God may relent from His anger, and and He may restore us. He may bless us. Who knows? It can't hurt. <laughs> That's what He's saying. Watch this, verse ten. When God saw that they how what what they did, and how they turned from their evil ways, He relented, and He did not bring on them the destruction He had threatened. Wow. So indeed, God did relent. God blessed them. Save them. Hmm. And maybe as we uh, begin this journey through a 40 days of, of Lent, may, may God see us. May he see Christ in us in a new way. May, uh, may he uh, may see our devotion and be pleased. Mm -hmm. Verse uh, Chapter 4. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. <laughs> he became angry. Oh, Jonah. You got to laugh at Jonah. He didn't like it that Nineveh repented. He prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? This is what I tried to try to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. He is, man. Just receive that. You know who what? Jonah knew it. John, what did Jonah know? He said, I knew that you were gracious. I knew that you were compassionate. I knew that you were slow to anger. I knew that you were abounding in love. I knew that you were a God who relents from sending calamity. Wow. Sit on that one, man. Just absorb that for a while. I know. Sometimes you got to just tell yourself, despite circumstances, despite what's going on in your life, you got to say, I know, God, that you are gracious. I know that you are compassionate. I know that you are slow to anger and abounding in love. I know that you are a God who relents from bringing calamity because you're gracious. Jonah knew that. It bugged him, but he knew it because he knew that God was, you know, was no respecter of persons and that anyone who repented, even the wicked Ninevites, if they were to repent, God would show compassion. And he did. Verse three. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. Jonah's like, I can't live with this. I cannot but think I can't bear the thought of being in heaven with the Ninevites. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't stand the thought. Of spending eternity with them jokers. <laughs> uh, so Jonah became angry. Verse 5. Now, Jonah had gone out and sat. He's salt. He's going to salt. Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in the shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. He's hoping maybe maybe they still get, they'll still get blown up. Maybe they'll still get punished. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant. Who provided it? God provided it. God provided a leafy plant and made it grow over Jonah to give him shade for his head to ease his discomfort. I wonder if Jonah was bald, like me. Because <laughs> so I can tell you what, 
a, a, a leafy plant for a bald-headed dude in the sun is a blessing. <laughs> oh, when these solar panels up here get direct sun, it's an unpleasant experience, people. So I wonder if Jonah was like a bald-headed prophet and the, and the Lord provided him a leafy plant and made it to give Jonah shade on his head to ease his discomfort. This might be my theme verse. That might be my theme verse, man. I don't know. Um... Uh, and Jonah was very happy about the plant. Let's just let's just say that Jonah was Jonah, the leafy plant that, sh that shaded his head. He was very very happy about the plant. Verse seven. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed up the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, "It would be better for me to die than to live." Jonah's, he, Jonah's having a bad day, man. First thing, first, first thing is the Ninevites repent. Then he gets a little bit of reprieve from a leafy plant that shades his bald head, and then the plant dies. And Jonah's like, it's just life just ain't worth living anymore. Ninevites, Ninevites get saved, and my head hurts. <laughs> the, the Ninevites get saved, and my head hurts. I, I, I can't, I can't take no more. Uh, but God said to Jonah, is it right that you should be angry about the plant? Who gave you the plant, boy? Who gave you the plant? Why are you getting angry about the plant when the plant, you didn't create the plant. I did. Mm, you see where you're going with this, don't you? Who created the Ninevites? <laughs> Who created Jonah? Who created everything? God did. Mm. Is it right that, for you to be angry about the plant? It is, Jonah said, and I'm so angry, I wish I were dead. <laughs> uh, but the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have, and, sh and should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also the animals? Jonah, you care more about the plant, bro, than people. You care more about the plant than the people. You care more about, you know, your own comfort. Oh, look out, than people. Mm. You know, that's that's the thing about Lent. Like, we're not aesthetics, right? We're not. We're not. We're not. We're not. We don't believe in asceticism, where we gotta beat ourselves up to get closer to God, right? We're not not asceticism, right? But we believe in aesthetics, which things that look nice. But asceticism. It's this idea of like strict, you know, mortification of the body. No, we don't believe in that. We don't believe you have to do that. However, denying ourselves of some comforts uh, in the effort and in the desire to draw closer to Christ is a good thing. And uh, that's part of what Lent is about. Let's, let's put away some comforts. Let's constrain ourselves from some comforts, not to get God to love us or anything like that. That would be a misconstruing of of uh of what the bible teaches of what god is about but but what we can do is put away some comforts uh, as small as they may be to draw our attention and our focus towards jesus um to in a sense allow the holy spirit to purge maybe some um some dirt some grime some evil from our own souls and thoughts and consciousness um yeah through this lenten season some deep spiritual cleaning that's what we're gonna do
Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 14. Let's read it. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything. That's it. Let's cleanse, man. Let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Man, what a beautiful verse right there. I mean, you know, I've read that a million times, but it's, it's beautiful. We're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders. What hinders what? Our walk with God, our walk with um, becoming the people that God dreams for us to be, becoming the best version of ourselves. That word, that's used so much in life. Oh, you should be the best version of yourself. We can never be the best version of ourselves without God. God created us. He's, he's the creator. He wants, he's the one who knows us inside and out. If there's any chance of us being the best version of ourselves, it's only going to be through the, the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit made available to us through Jesus. Yes, sir. So let's throw off the let's throw off the every weight that, that easily entangles, the sin that see will easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So in this Lenten season, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Why? Because we're going to remember what he did. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and not lose heart. Don't lose heart, my friend. Don't grow weary. Keep walking. Throw off every weight and sin that so easily entangles and run with perseverance the, uh, the race marked out for you. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't lose heart. Verse 4. In your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And you have and and have you completely forgotten his this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts his son. Wow. You know, there may be some things in your life like, this thing keeps tripping me up. I, I make two steps forward, then it feels like I go three steps back. Um, and he's like, man, why does this sin keep tripping me up? Hey, don't, don't lose heart. Don't grow weary. And what, what does verse 4 say? In your struggle against sin, um, God, God will correct us. God will prune us. God will grow us. Um, we've got to be patient with ourselves, too. You know, sometimes growth doesn't happen overnight. Um, it's incremental. We've got to be patient with ourselves. We've got to be understanding with ourselves. We can't expect to be as mature and uh, and and godly as a, a a saint that's been serving the Lord for fifty years. We got to we got to you know we've got to um, appreciate the growth that we've made. Not be content. Not be satisfied. Continue to to move forward. Um, but also not to beat yourself up. Don't lose heart. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not what children are not disciplined by their father? The crazy ones. <laughs> Let me just tell you. Which, which, which children are not disciplined by their father? The crazy ones. The crazy ones. The ones that are running wild. The ones that don't have any discipline. The ones that don't have any purpose. The ones that don't that are gonna that are gonna be struggling a lot more later on in life. Yeah, that's who, but we ain't like that. We got a God who disciplines us. Thanks be to God. You know, everybody just thank God. God, thank you for being a God that disciplines me. When's the last time you told God that? 
I, I got to tell you, I don't know if I've ever told God that, but I probably should. Lord, thank you for being a God that disciplines me. <laughs> yes, indeed. God, thank you for being a God that corrects me. Amen. Uh, if you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters of God. Yeah. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of Spirit and live? They discipline us for a little while, as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our own good in order that we may share in His holiness. Oh, man, hear that. God, thank you, Lord, that you discipline us because that means we're your children, and we know that you're good and that your discipline is for our good, and you discipline so that we might share in your holiness. Ow. That's good, good, and good right there. That's all good. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Yes, indeed. No one likes to be disciplined. In the moment, it hurts. But later, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. Mm. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may, be, may not be disabled, but rather healed. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Wow. Lent is a great reminder of holiness, man, to draw close to the Lord, to, to be serious about your holiness. Not a, not a self-righteousness, but a holiness that is uh, created and brought to fruition in us through the Holy Spirit, that sanctification process that works out in our lives uh, that's what Lynn is a reminder of, to grow in that, and that without holiness, no one will see the Lord. All right, one more, one more reading, and then we're, we're, we'll pray. Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. Verse eight, uh, chapter 18, 9 through 14, let's do it. This is the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, verse 9. To whom, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you, that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Wow. Man, that just hits different today, doesn't it? That is, that is Lent. That is why we do it. Because we don't want to be like the self-righteous person that looks up to God and says, I just thank you, Lord, that I'm not worthless sinners like these other people. We want to be like the tax collector who everyone thought was a sinner, everyone considered less than, he would not even look up to God. He's like, God, I'm not worthy. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. That is the spirit of Lent, man, right there. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Hey, let's pray, y'all. Thank you guys so much for being on today. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Wow. It's just... Uh, it is a poignant and powerful word today, and um, and we um, 
That's our prayer, Lord. Have mercy on us. For we are we're sinners. We are not worthy. Um, God, I pray for each and every one of my friends as they begin this journey through Lent and as we begin it together. Um, may it be a time of growth and uh, strength and uh, repentance and restoration and a renewed devotion to you. Um, God, a spiritual cleansing. And for each of us, that's different. The things that need to be just ironed out and cleaned up in our lives, the, the deeper levels of understanding that we need of you. Lord, it's, it's unique to each of us. But we begin this journey together. We thank you, Lord, that you gave your life for us, that you love us, that you are our Father, that you, you, um, you are for our good, that you are slow to anger, that you are abounding in compassion and grace, that you love all people, that every good and perfect gift comes from you. We're grateful for that. Lord, may you bless this journey that begins today. May today as we begin, may it be a good start. We know that it's not how you start, it's how you finish, but the start is still important. So let us, uh, let us start this journey of Lent well. Um, and as we reflect on uh, how much we need you, that we are mortal, uh, and that everything we have is dependent, everything is dependent on you. We love you and we thank you. May you bless my friends today in a very special way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you today. Thank you so much for being a part of today's podcast. Thank you for spending some time in God's holy word uh, and beginning this uh, season of Lent together. Thank you for your feedback. Thank you for comments. Thank you for sharing this. Maybe this will be a great word for people to hear as they begin Ash Wednesday. So share it on your timeline. Share it on your newsfeed. Uh, get the word out that we're doing these readings through Lent. We'd love to have as many people as possible join this awesome community. All right, you guys, have a fantastic day. A reminder about the service tonight at Bayside at 630. Ash Wednesday service. Hope you guys can make it, those of you that are local. Uh, if you're not local, hope you have a great day and uh, find a way to make this Ash Wednesday special. Maybe this was some small part of that. So God bless you guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.